0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years of developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Motivation Monday and I am going to talk about the motivation that um, or what I've been motivated to become more of since I've returned from my trip to Africa. I've been asked what were some of the greatest experiences that I had when I was in Africa. And I'm going to talk about them here as a way of motivating myself and of motivating you and just revealing a look into a different culture if you have not traveled um, internationally or to a different country and what it's like to travel in Africa. And this is my experience. Obviously, there's a lot of countries in Africa. Um, It's a continent. And I have been, this was my fourth trip to Africa. I've also been to South Africa, Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, a little bit of Zambia, and Kenya. And I had been to Tanzania before as well, but I had not been in Africa at all in 18 years. So this was the first time I've been since having children. And it was a trip that um, my mother took my entire family on. The week after my dad died last February, uh, my, my brothers and I have three brothers, if you are not familiar with it. I'm a triplet. I have triplet brothers who are identical and me. And then we have an older brother who's two and a half years older. So Lawrence, John, Miles, and I were sitting around with my mom and just going through photos and remembering my dad and talking about all the you know wonderful times we'd had together and my mom said you know your dad was happiest when we were all together and we would always have uh summer holidays together where my parents would go and rent a house somewhere and we'd all come together and my dad would just sit around and smile and watch us all and engage in whatever we're doing and play with little kids and play with the big kids. And he was just that type of person, just so amazing to be around and also easy to be around. He required nothing. Like he just, he just loved being with you. And so my mom said, you know, your dad was happiest when we were all together and I'm going to take everybody to Africa in celebration of your dad. And we were like, well, okay, that's quite a trip and that's amazing. And my mom is a huge African lover. She's been This was her 16th time to Africa. Um, So she organized and made the trip and it was incredible. So 15 of us went to Tanzania for almost two weeks. And then my husband and I, Mark, and I went to Uganda from there to go on guerrilla trekking, which means that guerrilla trekking is basically you go into these national parks where there's only three areas in the world where these mountain gorillas live and they are in three countries that kind of come together rwanda uganda and um the democratic republic of Con- congo so we were in uganda and you go trekking like literally trekking through mountain jungle to locate gorillas that have been habituated and are used to people so that you can observe them, take pictures of them, just kind of see them in their natural environment. And then we also did a gorilla habituation where you go and to a family that is in the process of being habituated habituated habituation takes 2 years. So it takes 2 years for these wild gorillas to become used to humans. And that's really important for them because that's where the tourism the tourism is going to help them survive. And it's going to protect them. It's going to protect the um, environment that they, live, the ecosystem that they live in. It's a huge draw for people to come and look at the gorillas. So it's a win-win. They get more comfortable with people, and then people want to see them, and then contribute to their well-being and their sustainability. There, you know, I think wild gorillas in in those three areas I was talking about have grown from about eight hundred to over. Um, almost 1100 in the past 10 years, which is huge because they had been killed for a poached before that. And it's not that they're free from that, but they're being protected a lot more. So that was good news. So anyway, Mark and I did that. So, I mean, there's so much to say about these countries. Um, So I'll speak to this for a moment, but traveling to Africa, traveling to these areas, traveling to the bush of Africa. So I can't really speak to, you know, areas that are experiencing a lot of civil unrest. Um, that's what you mostly see in the news. So you don't get to see the more serene nature and beauty that exists when that doesn't make news as much. <laughs> so there's many areas in Africa that are safe and civilly in, in a great state of mind uh, the the politics are are um, stable and the people are living in a lot of harmony with nature and then there's some areas they're not so i'm speaking to the first i can't speak to the second because i didn't, haven't visited those two places tanzania is a beautiful country it is once you get into the bush meaning you know out where you're looking for wildlife it's indescribable you're really going into a different world completely um just imagine driving and not seeing anything else but land and land and land and animals and that's it there's nothing there's no buildings there's no billboards there's no signs there's no there's nothing. It's just land, 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 lots of it, and tons of animals in it. So that's hard to imagine. And when you're in it, it's just amazing. Um, so that's the first thing. Is like what it really motivated me to do, and to and, and to to spread the message is so that there is a lot of beauty in the world that is uh, that needs protecting. And that is that is that exists. I think we know about so many of the horrors that are happening in the world with the environmental degradation and species um, decimation and people struggling in poverty. And then you just we forget about these beautiful places that do exist that have not been yet troubled or touched by some of the other problems of modern day. Our modern day society. So first of all, I think the motivation is to have hope. Even if you can't travel there because it's not cheap to get to these places, but know that they exist and save your pennies so that you can get there. There's so many ways to do it on a budget. It's really the flight that's going to be the biggest expense depending on where you live, but it's so worth it. I can't, if I could tell people one thing that they should purchase, it's a trip to to um, one of these countries in Africa because it's, it will change your heart. It will change your emotional being, like how you feel and the world, like, and, and it'll give you hope and we need hope. So that's a huge motivation I came home with. It's like, it was so, like I, when I told people I was going, but I'd been to Tanzania before, a few people said, oh, I bet it's changed a lot because it had been 27 years since I'd been there and it has not changed a lot it was so much the same now i'm sure people living there some of the guides could say well we've noticed these species have been under threat or, but for me as a as a tourist as a you know not somebody who's living there i can it was there's was no real obvious changes in terms of losing land and um, of course, the rhinos had been persecuted before, but we did see more rhinos that I'd seen in, in 27 years ago. There's still very few of them in the world. Elephants, of, of course, have been poached. Giraffes are now being poached, um, and they're they're. I think it's called the quiet. Actually, my one of my good friends from Duke was there, who is a giraffe researcher, and she she and her husband came to see us and they were saying that giraffes are it's there's it's called the silent extinction because a lot of people don't realize that they are being poached at the degree they are mostly for bushmeat it's called you know there um, people are killing them for their meat and so my friend and her husband are tracking the giraffes and also educating the the locals about the you know tr- preserving the these um, amazing wonders of the world like you can't find a giraffe anywhere else in the world. It's pretty fabulous. So one thing is just to have that hope that this, this this magical place does exist. It is a wonder. It is a wonder. And it's wonderful. It's amazing to go and, and feel awe and wonder for nature and for things in balance and, and how they should be. Another thing that I was so impressed with are the people. And again, I'm not going to romanticize like you know a different life that many would would view as lacking a lot in term like maybe not in poverty but like lacking resources. I'm not romanticizing that, but I will tell you the people who are living in the land on the land in in Tanzania and in Uganda, they have riches that we do not have in the same degree. They have family, they have a community. You know when we were in Uganda, the area we were in, there were very few locals who had a car. It was it was like we would drive down the street and people would stare. like it's just like they don't see cars a lot. Everybody's walking. Everybody's walking everywhere. There might be an occasional bike, maybe an occasional boat, motorbike. But no locals are driving around in cars. So first of all, they're walking everywhere. They're walking with friends or family. You know they're they're working. These are hard working people, but um, there was something like going back in time that was that was just so beautiful because they were communing. They were together. They were walking together, working together, carrying things together, picking up uh, water or food, crops together, making bricks together. Um, it was there was a simplicity to the daily life. There was, I'm sure, not technology for most of them. Um, There was not many more kind of concerns outside of like keeping the family fed and, and happy. And, you know, of course, there's always social dynamics, but there was the thing that really, really, really motivated me was to maintain and continue to grow a community. My small community of my own family and staying in touch with my family is best as I can, better than I have. Um my community in my yoga studio and then my broader community. I just was so motivated by the sense of community and helping each other and you know we were asking them about crime because a lot of these people would be making bricks on the side of the road in Uganda and then they just leave them there. And we were like Do people steal stuff? And I'm like no, they don't. Stealing you just, there's not that kind of crime it just does you know everything is it's like you would be stealing from a friend or you would be stealing from someone else that you respect and and why would there be no reason to do that you know everybody has what they need and if they don't have it they're getting it from someone else or, help, or you know asking for help so it's that type of um community that is so strong and and pure and beautiful to see and So of course I was motivated by that. And then the other thing I was motivated, you know, of course I can't not look at people movement, but the, you know, everyone there is moving a lot. They are walking, they're doing physical work. You know, when we went to our gorilla habituation, we were the only two in our group. It was a small, it's meant to be like two to four people. And there was only two of us. But then there was eight other people. There was two guides, two rangers, two porters who kind of carry our stuff and literally carry us. It's like when we're going straight up some hills of the jungle. And then there was a um, a student intern kind of thing. But there was like eight of them. These porters walked to the park, National Park. So they walked about an hour to get there from their village. Then they did this, Really, what I like was—I mean, we've hiked a lot, but it was super hard. This really challenging hike that was about eight hours long, and then they walked an hour home. And I just was like, "What?" I mean, it was—it was kind of the exact opposite of daily life for most Westerners, where you're sitting, you commute to work, you work sitting, you come home, you sit more, you sit, 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 and then there'd be a little break of doing something. And you know, and they're doing the exact opposite. So I was fascinated by this. Just I, I know of it. I've have I've looked and studied other cultures, but it was just to to witness it. You know, and many of the many of the people, both in Tanzania and in Uganda, um, wore little to no support supportive shoes. They had to in the rainforest because it was very muddy and dirt and um, like roots and all that. But it was just these like flat rain boots. <laughs> you know, we have these fancy, Mark and I were laughing, we had these like fancy hiking boots. And we were losing our balance and these guides with like these basic, basic rain boots that were just c- cooking up this hill no problem. So I was really motivated about the... Um. A degree of movement that we can have in our lives, that we can put into our lives, and I was thinking in my like, where can I walk more? You know, can I? I can't really walk to work. I mean, our lives, a lot of them are not set up for this. Like, it's not set up for me to walk from my house to where I work. It's four, four and a half miles. I could do it, but it's not really set up well, or at least that's my excuse I could say, and it's not pleasurable, I guess is the word, you know, it's not, not pleasurable for them to be walking because these roads, nobody, there's no cars on them. They're just walking. It's beautiful. It's they're with their friends, their family, They're you know, there's purpose. And it's not like, I'm not saying it's not easy. Um, but it's, it's not, it's set up for them to be walking. And so I just, it got me thinking about ways that I can try and, and implement more walking into my daily life. And I guess my final note—I could talk about my Africa trip forever. So I'd love to hear any questions you have. You can write me at lara at movement by and maybe I'll do a Africa part two. But the other thing I was really motive, motivated about, and by coming and, and, and by going and then coming back, was just—I'm always—I'm just in awe of nature, of the animals, of the birds. If you go to Africa and you've never appreciated birds, you can't come away not appreciating birds. There's so many, and every bird has a little job. So here's an example of nature that I just loved. So the elephants, first of all, when an elephant is walking, it's this, you know, it's like a ton, it weighs a ton. You don't hear it. It's like this beautiful ballerina that just slides by you, and you could. If you weren't looking, you might not even hear them moving past you. It's unbelievable to witness these massive creatures so delicately walking through the forest or the savanna. It's, it's crazy. So, but, so elephants, for example, they eat, you know, they're vegan, vegetarian, they, they eat and they're eating and they're eating all the different greens, but they only are digesting about 40% of them. So when they poop, they're pooping a lot. They're pooping like 60% of that out. And it's not all fiber. Some of it is like full nutri- you know, nutrients. And then, so what happens is things can grow in their dung. So mushrooms can grow right in the dung of an elephant's dropping, the dung. It's a crazy. So you'll see mushrooms growing, but then you'll see these different creatures, um, different species coming and Eating things out of the dung. So seeds. So one bird would go in there and kind of stamp, like almost like a chicken, like stamp and get like the seeds to kind of be pushed up. And it would eat the seeds and the stuff that it was stamping down, another set of birds would come in and be eating that. And soon that that pile of dung would be eaten, processed, metabolized by a whole um, series of species. And it would be gone, you know, and it was just, that's just one of so many examples of how nature is so perfectly um, created to to have this, this balance of giving and receiving, you know, and you see lots of examples of that, um, that kind of coexistence where one animal is providing, you know, microorganisms for another animal to eat. And by the little animal on the back, like an oxpecker eating stuff on the back of a giraffe or a rhino or something, it's getting a ride. And it's also getting rid of these parasites, but it's eating them, you know, these microorganisms. So there's just so many examples of this, of this great, um, these great relationships of biological relationships. And I feel like it motivates me and I hope all of you to just Find more of that in your daily life, how we can um, all benefit from, from sharing information, from um, educating ourselves, from giving, from receiving, you know, all these different ways in our lives that we can um, contribute. So I I hope this is giving you a little picture of this magical, magical land of Africa and the countries within it. And it just has such a place in my heart. It was such a beautiful and special trip. And we um, brought some of my dad's ashes there and had a little ceremony for him. And I so strongly believe and know that he was with us the whole time. And here's to Africa. Here's to a new year, a new decade. And here's to the motivation to do, do the things that I witnessed, be more a part of a community, be active uh, be active participants. Appreciate and have hope that there are um, there is beauty in the world, and it's not too late to do something about um, keeping that, keeping our environment um, cleaner and better, and um, doing that for ourselves and all beings around us. So, as always, pulling for you. Thank you, and um, as they say in Africa, jumbo. And there's a great song, jumbo. Bon- I'm Buana, and we sang that every night so work look that up all right hugs